Welcome to the Secret to My Success Show. Our guests will inspire, educate, and motivate our listeners who own a business or dream about being a business owner. Today's guests will share their stories and the secrets to their success. They have valuable insight with what they went through to start and grow their business. They will share the good, the bad, and the ugly. I promise it will be fun and valuable. Later in the show, former Major League Baseball player Luis Alaseo will be here talking to former celebrities and athletes about their transition from fame to being hands-on business owners. My name is Alan Bornstein. And I'm George Cruz. I'm kind of like the sidekick, but I'm better looking, younger, and funnier than Alan. Anyways, Alan and I will be with you throughout today's show getting insightful information. We believe you can learn from the successes and failures of today's guests. Each has unique and insightful experiences. This is the MBA program for those that graduated from the School of Hard Work and want to excel as business owners. Good morning, Rich White. Good morning. Thank you for being with us at this ungodly hour on Saturday morning. <laughs> I'm sure you have nothing better to do but be with us on Saturday morning. Anything for you guys, you know that. <laughs> Rich, tell us a little about yourself, where you're from. Tell us your story, so, your resume. Yeah, great. So, you know, uh, Alan, Alan and I grew up together um, back in, in East Hartford, Connecticut, uh, real blue-collar town. Um, pretty much for the most part, if you lived in that town, your parents either worked for Pratt & Whitney, which was like the big local business there, or uh, insurance, where uh, when Hartford used to be the insurance capital of the, the world. Um, so I grew up in East Hartford. Um, didn't end up going to college. I should say I went to college for one semester before I realized it wasn't for me. Um, and after that, I kind of started on my, uh, let's say, my entrepreneurial journey. <laughs> I remember you working at a Chinese restaurant in Glastonbury. I love Chinese that's, food. That's, that's correct. Um, yeah, when I, it's funny. You know, um, when I was 15, I, I kind of knew, um, and kind of getting into my family background, my dad, uh, my dad had left when I was three or four and I had a mom that worked two or three jobs. So quickly identified that, you know, if, if I was going to have anything that I was going to pretty much have to earn it myself. So, um, yeah, so I got to work at about age 15 and to your point, I started as a dishwasher at the local like Polynesian restaurant. Um, Worked. I was working almost 40 hours while I was still going to high school. Um, just had that motivation to to want to make money and be successful. Um, by the age of, I think I was 19, and I had worked my way up, and I was actually running the restaurant. I was the manager there, um, which was kind of funny because you know obviously we they served alcohol, and at one point I wasn't even old enough to to serve a drink or anything. But here I am managing bartenders and, and managing a restaurant. But you know took a took a liking to the restaurant business and. Um, the gentleman actually sort of let me run the show, so to speak. And, and at a young age like that, I, you know, I learned a lot because I was, you know, I had to, I had to manage people that were twice my age in some cases. Um, but I, but I did real well there. The owner liked me. Um, and by the age of, I think I was about 20 or 21 and uh, he was going to sell the restaurant, um, decided on closing it actually, and offered me a partnership. He said uh, he wanted to get into the fast food business. Uh, his, he was 55 at the time. Uh, so he was my mentor, so to speak. And he had a, a lot of uh, knowledge about the restaurant business. And I kind of had that, that energy and passion to do something. So I basically, uh, you know, went in with him and, and all the money I had saved, uh, from age 16 to then I dumped into this, this fast food restaurant in Vernon, Connecticut, actually. Um, 
he was nice enough to call it Richie's, which obviously is my name. Um, and, you know, the idea was to uh, build this restaurant up, and then I wanted to go down the, the franchising route. Um, so it was it was very, very interesting learning curve. Um, Shorten the story. The business just never took off the way we had hoped, and within a year and a half, he and I had different visions of where this business, that business was going to go. So at that point, um, we parted ways. And so I'd been in and out of the restaurant business uh, by the age of, say, 22. <laughs> Rich. And realized back to, the, back to the drawing board. Rich, I have to ask. I'm a little over the age of 15. But when I was 15, I didn't even know what I was going to do the next day. So I have to ask, what, what motivated you? What guided you? You said that you wanted to make money. What what pushed you to want to make money? Well, you know, it's funny because as much as I wanted to, to make money, um, it was never sort of the driving, you know, end all, right? I never I never envisioned myself, you know, we, we just didn't grow up in the sense of, you know, being those kids that wanted the, the Ferraris and the Lamborghinis. It just, it just wasn't in the cards. You know, I really, I think what drove me, honestly, from the financial standpoint was seeing what my mom went through and having financial security. That was, I believe, you know, in the back of my mind, really what was going on as opposed to saying, you know, there wasn't, I didn't say to myself, well, I want the big house or I want this or I want that. I think for me, you know, it was more about the financial security, not having to worry about putting food on the table or, or, you know, uh, being able to buy a car. So I think for me, and again, like you said, I, even at that age, I wasn't sure, you know, which way I was going to go or what industry I was going to go towards. But the the drive, I think, was was the seeing my mom go through what she went through in financial security. To answer your question, Rich, you're 22 years old. You're going through a career transition. Tell me about the pivot. Where did you go? So, How did yeah? It so. Yeah, interestingly enough, you know, at the time I was actually working uh, when 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 the restaurant started to sort of shift and my interest shift, I was actually also working at a gym. So I would open this gym up. It was in Glastonbury, Connecticut. I was responsible for opening the gym. So I'd go to the gym at 4 a.m. I'd open up the gym and I would work there for probably three or four hours before I started my day, which consisted of either, you know, working at this other restaurant or when I did go to school, going to school. Um, so when, when the restaurant business fell out and I was working at the gym, uh, a friend of mine who also worked there uh, had a friend who was in the uh, nutrition business. Uh, so a gentleman had a gym out here uh, in Connecticut. It was on a turnpike. It was actually a uh, famous gym called Zach's. Um, a lot of the wrestlers trained there. It's pretty well known in the area here at the time. And he had started a supplement company. So back in the day, this was before, you know, these, these sport nutrition products were really, really popular. But um, I, I took a liking to, to, you know, the supplementation and seeing guys, you know, eating right. And, and my training partner at the time was actually uh, Mr. Natural Universe and Mr. Natural Connecticut. So I kind of got into the nutrition aspect of it. Well, when the, when the restaurant closed, this gentleman called me and said, listen, you know, I, I hear you're looking for a job. And, um, you know, you work, you, you work at a gym and, and you're into nutrition. So why don't you come in and let's talk about hiring you. So I went down and uh, talked to the owner and he needed a salesperson for this, you know, for these vitamins. And, um, you know, he hired me on the spot. So 
um, I never, it's funny because I never envisioned myself getting into sales and this was a, a sales position. And, um, again, I, I started there, um, and started working my way up within that organization. So it was, again, it was selling. So we were selling, uh, let's call it protein powders and vitamins and protein drinks to gyms and health food stores, um, across the U S at the time. So. So that's what got me into this industry, that, that pivot. And I think, you know, and I, I know a lot of successful people talk about this is, is doing what you love, right. And following your passion. Um, and I believe that was a bit more of my, my passion and what I loved versus the restaurant business. So that's why I think I fell into that and did so well. Tell us about Sportica, your current business. Yeah. So, you know, when I, when I started, when I got into the industry and I went to work for that gentleman, um, I worked there for about five years, and um, towards the the end, he decided to sell the company. And while I was working there, one of the things that that I sort of identified was within the company, um, we would sell, again, we would sell these protein powders and drinks uh, pretty much across the U.S. However, at some point, somebody from overseas would call in, and they would say, listen, I want to buy the product, and I want to import it into you know, let's say England, for example. And um, it was a lot of work to do those because you had to do certain documentation. It was a process that you had to follow, and it wasn't a quick order, so to speak. So so funny enough, when a call came in from overseas, and there were about seven salespeople there, um, everybody would run for the hills. They didn't want to deal with that. You know, they said, no, I don't want to deal with that. It's too much work. Well, the owner had had a couple of big accounts. One was in Germany, I believe, and one was maybe in England. So, and you know, when I when I saw what he was doing, which was handling these accounts, he was selling big numbers. So, you know, I said to the receptionist, I went up to her one day and I said, "Listen, whenever somebody from overseas calls, transfer them to me. I will gladly take those customers and work with them and try to fill, fulfill their orders." Well. You know, over a, a three or four year period, um, you know, I quickly became, I think at the time, about 35% of the company's sales because it was a little bit of a time investment. Uh, we didn't have the internet back then, so it was all fax and phones. Um, and I built up their international sales. So, again, as we come into the fifth year, the, the owner says, I'm going to sell the company. Well, the, the new ownership comes in and calls me into their office and says, Rich, you know, we're, we're buying the company. Um, we understand you're, you know, 35, 40% of the company sales. That's fantastic. How'd you do it? Um, towards the end of the meeting, they looked at me and said, however, you know, we're going to change the company's name. You know, we feel a, a change is in order. And at that point, I, I kind of looked at him and said, well, you know, what do you think? So the name of the company, by the way, was called Strength Systems USA. And um, they said, well, we want to change it to AmeriFit. Okay. They wanted to make it more friendly, right, to the, the normal call it person and Strength Systems USA was a very strong, you know, name, obviously, towards, like, bodybuilders and weightlifters. Uh, but what I explained to them was, you know, if you do that, you just, you know, you're basically throwing away all of what I have built up. Because we had trademarked the name, obviously, Strength Systems USA around the world. And I had built up the name, the branding for that brand globally. So I, I basically said to them, if you're going to change the name, you know, I'm not going to. I, I don't know that I'm going to stay because you basically, you know, I have to start all over again, you know, registrations and things like that on food products. 
they said, give us a couple of weeks, uh, which they did. They came back and they said, well, we've decided to change the name anyways. And that's when I gave them my two weeks notice. Um, I had decided that, you know, had, you know, I, I wasn't going to start over from scratch again like I did with them. And I said I had enough connections in the industry um, where I said, you know what, if I if I go out on my own and um, I can still work globally and I can go to different brands, call it a broker, if you will. And I said I can go to different brands. And, again, a lot of these people didn't want to deal with the international aspect of our industry because it was a lot of work. And I said, give it to me, you know, give it to me. So, um, you know, right after I left, uh, I started calling, basically just started calling all of the vitamin and bodybuilding brands in the United States and said, I used to work at this company for five years. I have networking and knowledge globally in the industry. Um, I understand that most of your, you know, most companies don't want to deal with that headache. And they said, yes. <laughs> and I said, well, I'd be glad to, to take that responsibility on for your business and, you know, become a call it a consultant or a broker. Um, and as I did that, I got bigger and bigger companies uh, coming to me, um, and I got more clients, more customers, and it kind of, you know, over, call it a 10 or 15-year period after that, it took off like a rocket ship because, you know, the Internet started to really come into play, and so bodybuilding and American athletes and nutrition really took off. So, you know, I had found my niche, and I kind of jumped in with, with both feet, and, um, yeah, it was, it was, uh, you know, part of it obviously was luck, you know, but I worked very hard and did, I did what a lot of people didn't want to do. Right. You know, they didn't want to do the hard work, the legwork. And, um, I knew there was a big payoff at that, at the end of the rainbow with that. And that's why, that's why I did so well with it. Rich, let me ask you, this is going to be an awkward question. You've had multiple partners throughout your career. Yep. And you told me just recently that you've bought out another partner. What advice yep. would you give to anybody who's thinking about starting a business about whether um, they should be bringing yeah. in partners? Well, partners are for dancing. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. Um, no, no. I, I think, again, you know, it's funny. It's a great question, by the way. And it's, I think it's one that's bounced around, you know, the world, right? You know, um, and depending on who you talk to and, and what's, you know, you know, what company it is, you're going to get a different answer. I do believe, for me, it was the right thing. Um, you know, the, the number, I, I had generally one or two partners along the way and, you know, we, we actually complemented each other quite well. So for example, when I started Sportica, uh, you know, I, again, I was in my early twenties. Um, I knew, I knew business at some level, more of a, 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 you know, obviously the restaurant business, but, you know, I think if you get to know people in management, obviously, then you get to know business. But um, this gentleman was 15 years older than me. So he brought in, you know, uh, a little bit more knowledge, uh, business knowledge and experience. Um, so we partnered up at the right time. And, um, you know, it benefited us both because, again, I brought in he was not from the industry. Um, and we met through a relative and um, we kind of hit it off. And, you know, I said, listen, this is what I need from you. And, he's, you know, and I said, this is what I can give you. So, you know what, we partnered up and, um, you know, it actually it actually worked out very, very well for the two of us for for many, many years until he really pretty much decided to retire. So, um, yeah, I think there's, you know, there's a there's a time and a place, certainly for for partners. Um, Again, in my situation, it worked out very well, you know, um, in, in both cases, as I told you, you know, when I was in the restaurant business and I started my own restaurant. You know, I was able to, you know, this other gentleman mentored me. He taught, taught me what I needed to know. Um, 
I think I actually grew up pretty a lot quicker because again I was dealing with some older people that taught me a lot about business, you know, and that was some of the lessons they taught me, you know, that I didn't have to stumble along the way uh, and learn were very valuable. So, Rich, um, we actually have to cut it a little short, but I want to thank you so much. You've given such valuable information, your story, the secret to your success is an amazing story and where you've come from, from, I don't want to say lowly, but little East Hartford, Connecticut, to a guy yeah, that worked 40 right. hours a week in high school. And yeah. you didn't talk about the fact that you played sports, so it was a hard yeah. 40 hours a week. <laughs> and I know what yeah, you went through, yeah. but you're a good guy, and we're so happy to have you on the show. Well, I, you know what? I, I really appreciate you having me on, and I think if I were to, to leave with a little bit of a message is – so here at Sportica, by the way, you know, there's only eight of us here now, and none of us have college degrees. And, you know, I always tell people, you know, in business, you know, all the degrees in the world don't mean a thing. As long as you, you're, you're a good person, you help people, you work hard, and they're passionate about what you do, you're going you're gonna to succeed. So, you know, that, I'll leave you with that. And, and you know, that, that is what I attribute to my success. So. Amazing advice. Thank you so much for being here. Appreciate it, Rich. Uh, glad to be on. And, uh, you know, anytime you need anything, feel free to, to, to give me a call. Thank you so much. Good luck with the show. Hi, we're Landing Financial Group. If potential tax increases in the future have been a concern of yours and you haven't done any real tax planning, I urge you to go to planwithlanding.com and download our complimentary guide, Are You Paying Too Much Tax in Retirement? Or you can always call us at 561-229-0009. Again, that's planwithlanding.com. Landing Financial Group provides insurance services. Investment advisory services offered only by duly registered individuals through A Wealth Management, LLC. When it comes to health coverage, you want solid value from a trustworthy company you can rely on. Florida Blue offers Medicare Advantage plans that can help you get more out of your health coverage. And don't you want more? Call Apple Insurance, your local agency for Florida Blue, at 888-MY-BLUE-8 to have all your Medicare questions answered and learn about different options. Don't settle for less than the value and stability Florida Blue has delivered throughout the state of Florida to Medicare beneficiaries for more than 25 years. Value, security, knowledge, and trust. Blue Medicare from Florida Blue means more. Call Apple Insurance at 888-MY-BLUE-8 today to speak to a licensed agent about your Medicare Advantage options. That's 888-MY-BLUE-8. Apple Insurance and Florida Blue. Call 888-MY-BLUE-8 today. Florida Blue is an independent license of the Blue Cross and Blue Shield Association. Workgroup Payroll. We love small business. From one part-time employee to 300, we want to be your payroll partner. If you have questions about employment taxes, PPP forgiveness, or employee retention credits, we can help. Your business can be getting up to $5,000 per employee for 2020 and $7,000 per employee per quarter for 2021. Let's talk about how that works for your business. Call 561-953-2007. Would you rather get better service and pay less? or less service and pay far more. It really will take less than 10 minutes to save over 20% switching to workgroup payroll. We make switching easy. Get the service you deserve, the price you like. If you are using a large national payroll service, we want to help you. Call 561-953-2007.
Good morning. This morning at this ungodly Saturday morning, we have Fred Barch from the Palm Beach County School District to talk about adult education. But before we get started, I understand that you are a Ravens fan. Is that true? Absolutely not. I'm a Steelers fan. Steelers fan. <laughs> Although I love the quarterback, Lamar Jackson. He was at my high school right, when I was a principal of Boynton Beach High. So I always root him on, except for when he's playing the Steelers. Beautiful. So you didn't bring your towel with you, did you? No. No towel. Okay. No towel today. So, Fred, let's talk a little bit about you quickly. Tell us, when did you move to Florida? Oh, going way back, 1986. I uh, came down, I was a teacher for about uh, 12 years, then I moved into district administration, where I uh, headed up all the science programs for Palm Beach County, then moved over to principal of Pine Jog Elementary School, then to principal of Boynton Beach High, and now I'm the director of adult and community education for the school district. Fantastic. So let's hear about the role that you're in now. So so it's a, it's a very interesting role, and it's not really that well known, uh, but we do have 34 sites in Palm Beach County. Uh, and we serve well over 30,000 students per year. Uh, so we have two parts to our, our program, adult education, which is basically teaching students how to speak English. You know, So we have ESOL classes. We, uh, we also have uh, community classes where we offer fun and leisure type courses. So those are broken down. We have about 15,000 students in each of those programs. So to tell you a little bit more about what we've been doing over the last couple of years, because we've made a lot of changes, and we've actually entered into uh, job training, the job training market. Uh, so currently we offer pre-apprentice programs, and what's really unique about our pre-apprentice programs is they are tuition free. And I'll say that again, they are tuition free. So we offer courses in carpentry, electrical, HVAC, plumbing, and welding. Wow. So from what I understand in the marketplace, those guys are printing money right now. Oh. If you're a plumber, if you're an electrician, you're making you're doing a lot. HVAC, you are printing money if you're doing this on your own. Yeah, and that's the unique thing about these programs. The trade programs are awesome because anybody could attend these programs. Like I said, they're tuition free, although it is an investment in time because it's about an eight month program twice a week and uh, we teach you the basics to get started. And, and all of these programs lend themselves to entrepreneurs because every single student that takes the HVAC class is going to have enough knowledge to be able get, to get employed uh, and with, with a company. And, and eventually, once they learn through apprenticeship and so on, they could either make quite a bit of money working with the company or they could branch off and start their own business. So let's flip it. So let's say I am an experienced business guy and I'm looking for my next business, but I really don't know enough about HVAC or I don't know enough about plumbing. Would I be able to enroll in your program over there, actually learn about that so that I can come out of the gate and starting my business? Yes, definitely. Uh, we actually have uh, offer programs at the North Technical Education Center in Riviera Beach. Uh, we've got a lot of uh, great big labs in the back uh, where if you wanted to be a welder, you can go ahead and get your uh, you know, take the classes in welding. Uh, and, and generally, we, we give you enough knowledge in these programs to really get you started in, in a variety of different occupations. So not only do we teach you the welding or electrical, whatever path you want, but we also include multiple certifications in there. We have forklift training. We have CPR 
uh, in first aid training, OSHA 10, which is, a, which is an important thing to know in those fields. Uh, so we, we, we provide a variety of outside experiences that will help to make that particular person more marketable in the job place. And, and again, if you, if you get that knowledge from us, you get a job, a lot of times the, uh, the employer will send you back to apprenticeships, which we are also offering for the first time in over 24 wow. years. And Fred, not to cut you off, but you said to make it more marketable. Yes. How often would you say that your students that graduate from these courses, how often do you see them see success in what they pursue? Oh, uh, almost. If you're willing to work, you'll have a job. There's no doubt about it. Um, we, have, we have companies calling us all the time. They need plumbers. They need welders. They need electricians and HVAC workers. So they're, they're, it's wide open right now. How has COVID affected classroom learning? How have you guys adapted? Yeah, that was a that was a tough one because our jobs in, in the trades, you, ha you really need hands-on. Uh, what we were able to do is split classes up and do portions online while half the class was in, in session doing hands-on and then we'd flip-flop. So we were able to make it through COVID successfully uh, and, and get those people into the workplace. So let's say I have experience. Let's say I am an HVAC tech. I am a plumber. And I'm really thinking about going out on my own. What other courses do you have aside from those technical that would lend experience or education for somebody who's trying to be their own boss? Well, actually, what we're trying to do now is expand into multiple different areas. We do provide some entrepreneurial training within our courses, uh, but we're always looking for partners in the business community to help uh, expand our workforce offerings. Uh, so that's one area that we're looking at right now. Uh, to expand it. So if, if anybody's interested, uh, you can go to our website, pbc.org. I'm sorry, uh, ACE, ACE, that stands for Adult and Community Ed, ACEPBC.org. Uh, ACE Excellent. If you are a Palm Beach County resident, this is, you're eligible for the program. Yes, and actually, because of our location in Riviera Beach in the north end of the county, we do get people coming from counties to the north and even counties from the south, believe it or not, because it's a great opportunity for uh, to, to, to learn things for, for basically for free, tuition free. So this is open to other counties as yep. well? So if you live in Broward, Dade, Martin County, you're eligible? Yes, you are. You're eligible. Anybody out of state? Or is it uh, state, strictly state uh, is, it's it's in state. Uh, our state funds are covers for state, mm, state folks. Okay, we have a pretty big state, so that we sure covers do. a whole covers lot. A of people. lot. Yeah. and our classes generally fill up uh, quickly. So, um, if you're interested, we have uh, locations at North Tech in Riviera Beach, and also West Tech in out in Belle Glade, uh, and and we have you know, a number of programs out there as well. And we also offer uh, training in, in the healthcare field, EKG tech, um, uh, home health aid, and phlebotomy. I have always said that no matter what company you're with, your job is only, or your role is only as good as the person you are working for. Meaning if you got a great boss, things are good. So tell me about your instructors. What separates the instructors from your program versus anywhere else people can go get an education. I tell you what, our instructors are, are top notch and it's not that they just know their stuff, but they also care about the, the, the students and really work 
to move those students on. And one of the things I wanted to mention here real quickly is we're also starting a commercial driver's license program. I've, I just purchased two trucks and two trailers, and that, that type of job right there uh, allows someone to, to get a job immediately at a high pay. As a matter of fact, three years experience, you're making over 100000 for sure, regardless of your educational experience. So this, this CDL program is really exciting. We're starting that at Chuck Shaw Technical Education Center in West Palm and also West Tech Center in Belgrade. i got to break you of this getting a job thing. <laughs> we want to teach people how to become their own bosses. And you've got a lot of great programs that you're offering. People that actually are going to gain this knowledge and this information, look, talk about CD. CDL license, but you could have three trucks working for you and make a lot of money. Exactly. You could be a self-employed business owner with the education and knowledge that your program's providing. Right. A lot of independent truckers out there that are doing that. So uh, it's, a, it's a great opportunity for someone who really wants to, to own their own business. George, want to be a trucker? Uh, I've always dreamt of it since I was a little boy. I might <laughs> sign them up for you. Hey, come on over. We'll sign you up. Fred, is there anything else you would like to tell people about your program, about what's going on, and how you can help people become their own boss? Yeah. So, you know, uh, just come out to see us. Go to the website, uh, pbc, acepbc.org, acepbc.org, and, uh, you know, take a look at the programs we offer in trades, healthcare, and we also have a lot of fun and leisure programs. If you want to take a yoga class or an art class, 34 sites throughout the county, uh, there's something to do for everybody. It's funny, we were just talking to a guest who said he was working 16 hours a day. Maybe a nice yoga class would be good for a business owner <laughs> to get grounded and feel comfortable. Definitely. Well, we welcome thanks. all. Fred Barch, thank you for being with us this early Saturday morning. Appreciate it. Please come back when you've got information that you want to share with us. We'd love to have you back. Oh, I'd love to be back. Thank you very much for having me. Thanks, Fred. Thank you. When it comes to health coverage, you want solid value from a trustworthy company you can rely on. Florida Blue offers Medicare Advantage plans that can help you get more out of your health coverage. And don't you want more? Call Apple Insurance, your local agency for Florida Blue, at 888-MY-BLUE-8 to have all your Medicare questions answered and learn about different options. Don't settle for less than the value and stability Florida Blue has delivered throughout the state of Florida to Medicare beneficiaries for more than 25 years. Value, security, knowledge, and trust. Blue Medicare from Florida Blue means more. Call Apple Insurance at 888-MY-BLUE-8 today to speak to a licensed agent about your Medicare Advantage options. That's 888-MY-BLUE-8. Apple Insurance and Florida Blue. Call 888-MY-BLUE-8 today. Florida Blue is an independent license of the Blue Cross and Blue Shield Association. Your workers' comp specialist. No money down workers' comp. Pay for your coverage as you use it. Non-compliant workers' comp fines from the state of Florida start at $1,000 when you get caught. They will find you. When you have questions and need help, WGP Insurance Services will answer your call. Getting the right coverage can save you thousands of dollars a year. Call 561-953-2007. 
The School District of Palm Beach County Adult and Community Education invites you to take the opportunity to start a new career in the electrical field. I found the class at the Adult Education Center for uh, Palm Beach for an electrical apprenticeship and I, I would invite everyone that can take this course. To, uh, this has been a, a great learning experience. Change your reality and encourage yourself to participate in the tuition-free pre-apprenticeship program for adults. Visit us at tradespbc.com. If rising taxes against your retirement has been a concern of yours, you're not alone. We're Landing Financial Group. I urge you to go and download our complimentary guide, Are You Paying Too Much Tax in Retirement? at planwithlanding.com. Or you can call us at 561-229-0009. That's planwithlanding.com. Landing Financial Group provides insurance services, investment advisory services offered only by duly registered individuals through AE Wealth Management, LLC. Good morning. This is Alan Bornstein with Secret to My Success, here with Luis Salasea, former Major League Baseball player, and he has a very special guest for us today who's going to talk about his transitioning from being one of the best closers in the game to being a all-star business owner. Louis, tell us about your guest. So, uh, Tom, Flash Gordon, uh, we're so happy to have you. I know you have a, a lot of uh, things to talk about, especially with business. But before we get to that, I would like to ask you a baseball question. Uh, and it has nothing to do with, with typically you pitching or anything, but we've seen a surge of these pitchers throwing 100 miles an hour. Um, the game is, big, is, is evolved towards power, power, power. And I knew you had a pretty good fastball for a very long time with a devastating curveball. Could you please tell me your thoughts on that? Yeah, sure. I mean, really in the beginning, I thought, you know, with you and I, we've always known each other for a mile and my long time. I think it's 89. And uh, you've always told me that I had a very good fastball. Now you're saying it's, just, it's pretty good. So I tell you, man, I'm going to remind you that, man. I tell you, you have to on me pretty fast, especially after you beat me around pretty good. You hit me pretty good. Uh, but, no, anyways, uh, I, I think what we're seeing is, uh, a lot of data that's out there. We're seeing a lot of stuff that's uh, uh, on uh, some of these web pages and websites. Uh, you know, we're seeing the scouting at Perfect Game and some of the elite players and programs that we're seeing actually getting so much baseball in to where there's been a trend and an upside trend of uh, stronger, faster, bigger, smarter players in regards. And uh, I, I think that's where sometimes we're seeing these arms with the power that, that, that these kids possess uh, at the ages of 10 all the way up to – you know, 24, 25 guys in some ways still picking up somewhere between three miles an hour to five, four, five miles an hour every four to six months. And it's just been an uphill trend. So I think that's a lot, has a lot to do with the data that's out there. Uh, not so much that everything that works on the internet would actually be able to translate into the mechanics as well as the throwing and the strength that you get in the fastball and the velocities, even the spin rate. However, this is this is that time and era where we're seeing these kids with these big arms. And however, also too, there's a downside to that. And that downside to that is there once they reach their peak, sometimes there's no place else to go. And so we knew getting in professional baseball, we were throwing so much more. Uh, we were playing catch with uh, you know big, uh, big major league pitching coaches that had an idea of how to help us still to develop our our, our pitches as well as our mechanic and clean things up. So uh, it. Kudos to the things that we see. But at the same time, uh, it, it could be come back later on down the line and haunt us. 
we're seeing that uphill trend of arms and strong arms and at kids at the age of four, at, at the age of 14 throwing somewhere between 87 and 92, 93 miles an hour. And then you upwards of the age of 16 all the way up to 21, they're throwing somewhere around 100 miles an hour. Like I said, it, it's what the scouts are out there looking for. It's what organizations are looking for. Um, and, I, and I think, like I said, that is the trend. However, uh, there will possibly at some point, possibly, may even be a downside to that. But right now, that's what's going on. Kids are stronger, faster. And for me, as I look at kids, I always say arm strength, arm speed, arm action. And then I develop the mechanics. Never teach one kid the same as I do all the kids I'm around. And however, I think you maximize the kid's potential when you give them the best chance to be the athlete that you watch. Yeah, yeah. We uh, we, we spent some time this past weekend up in, in Atlanta, Georgia with some 11U, and there was a couple kids throwing in low 80s and all of them. And these kids are 11 years, 11 years old, and they're throwing in the mid-70s. But going back to uh, to what we're really here for, I'm going to pass you on to Alan Bornstein. Uh, basically, where where do you see yourself in, as a business person? What do you think this baseball life, you know, after you retire and you say, you know what, I'm going to become a business guy. What Can you walk me through that? Yeah. Well, I, I think the first thing that ever happened to me in regards to uh, thinking about business is that I, the great thing is that I did become a baseball player. And I played a game, of course, that was uh, very fulfilling when it comes to, um, you know, if you played well, how well you played, of course, your enhancement of making much more money was gotten that much better and bigger. And so I translated some of that and what I was thinking about into um, owning dealerships. Uh, I was blessed enough to have two brothers that was playing professional baseball. And, of course, one was borderline about to make the major league. The other one was having uh, arm issues. So he wanted to retire in regards to that. But uh, And they became my partners and they became my eyes and my ears in regards to whether or not that business or whatever business I got into, uh, they would help me. They uh, finished college and went on to school. So basically I always had a mix of guys that was close to me that could help me translate some of this baseball uh, finance, um, some of the money that I was making, and, and put it into some sort of a business. Uh, first and foremost, I did want to believe that, you know, for what I saved and I kept in regards to wanting to save for retirement was going to be the first thing. But I also had to separate, too, whether or not I wanted to take some chances and put my money into a business. Um, and in that business, I'm actually not there every day. But in some regards, I had guys that I can actually count on, which was both of my brothers that retired from minor league baseball. So we went on to Ford. We actually uh, knew a family that was very, very high on the list of people with great character, uh, people that Ford and the company would support and back. And they were, of course, from my little hometown. Um, at the age of 15, they gave me my first ever job. And Mr. Jarrett Ford, Bill Jarrett, was one of the main people uh, in, in that area would always inspire me that you can be, you can make it, you can be good in the game, but you're going to also someday become uh, one of my partners. And that's how that got started. Uh, of course, in the, in the uh, automotive industry, there's a list of guys that wants to uh, be approved to have a dealership Back in that time, back in the 70s, 80s, 60s, 70s, 80s, maybe the 90s, early 90s, guys were on the list trying to make themselves uh, a viable resource for any automotive company to want. And that list was long. So, however, I had people that I knew in regards to that and the character that they represented that I'd love to be partners with. So if you had that, you can get in. And then if you did have to wait for that company to make a decision, it, it, a lot of it was based on what they thought of you as a person. 
what they thought of you financially, how well you've done with your money and your resources and your time. And so I kind of equated that to this. Flash, I, 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 I got to ask you a question. It sounds like a mentor was super important to you and that you had a lot of guidance. But I'd like to know more about your challenges. What was your biggest challenge for you personally when you actually transitioned from baseball to being in this business? What obstacles did you find that kind of kept you up at night? Well, uh, just knowing that, hey, my finances have gone into something that I wasn't totally sure of. Mm-hmm. However, like you said, I did have a mentor, but that mentor already understood the, the, the automotive industry. And he was very, very, very lucrative into it, whether it be him owning the Ford dealerships right out or him having that seat on the Ford uh, bench uh, for his, uh, you know, uh, people of of knowledge and information. So right there, I knew that I was in the right place. And for me, I wanted to, to, to totally be able to uh, give my community as well as my family other outlets to have. So I got into the Ford business. I got into selling cars, uh, something that I did like doing. I, I, I really wanted to be have that knowledge about. And uh, and so it made it easy for me to transition into that. And I took that chance with the cash, the money that I had up front, the money that I saved, believing that this this dealerships and these dealerships that I own right now, I'm majority owning three, uh, and, and a part owner in in five. So wow, uh, it's How- that to me. I, I had people that were there for me. I also had to also go and research some of this information to figure out how do I know and start to relate to what of this course, business would be. Baseball, I was just playing. I love steel, but at the same time, now I'm transitioning into that business guy. So I'd come home, shucks, and talk, I'd come home every year and go to the business, sit down in my office, watch, learn, listen, uh, figure out how these contracts were actually designed. How many cars could we bring in a month as well as sell? Is, it, is the business more lucrative for used cars than it is on, uh, new cars? It sure is. So I had to learn all these things as well as still compete on the baseball field. So... Wow. I became more of a businessman when I would come home. I would learn for the last 12 to 15 years about the business. You were committed How into it. Contracts. Yes, in regards to uh, fleet, fleet negotiations. That was a big thing. You know, want to understand that. Why? Because your fleet divisions is always something dealing with other communities. When cars one-on-one are not selling, usually you'll sell the fleets. So I needed to know all these things. And, uh, and of course, I spent that time for the last, I'd say the last, 10 to 15 years, I've been really serious about it, but I also still take out time to get away from it. But I still, I can explain it. I can explain it because I see how the contracts relate. I also understand at the end of the year, by November is what we would call the final day of that season. Usually it's December 31st, but for us in in the industry, it's like November 1st. We want to tally up everything that we've understood, made, and how do we make the season better going into the next yeah, year. Yeah, the deadlines. So, yes, I was always involved in all those contract negotiations, all those decision-making, the process of how we make sure that we understand, develop, use contracts, use government uh, funding, stuff that... you got to use everything. People don't want to know anything about sometimes. And that's what's made my business that much more successful. Number the, one... The devil's in the details. Well, and then that, that, that usually happens a lot. However, at the same time, you know, I, I was fortunate enough to have someone there every day. But now I'm actually on hand probably more like two, three weeks a month to see what's the transitioning period, what's happening, and how do we make this better. And it seems like it's working for you. Flash, yeah. how many people yeah. do you actually have relying on you for their weekly paycheck? Uh, we have about 
my, myself, my dealership, myself, probably about 60 people, 62 to 65 uh, employees. And thank God we have not had to lay any of them off. That's nice. a big um, responsibility. It is. It really is. And it's, uh, I, I think it was already very clear that I wanted to be a part of the community as well as show them how much I support and love them. But also, too, you know, uh, still playing the game of baseball, my extended family taught me so much about business. And, 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 and in regards to coming back home, I was always looking to find ways to make sure that we improved. That year we had the, um, the recession in regards. I, I, I usually don't like to use those words because sometimes some words are just, just, just totally destroy you. But that's what it was. That recession between all seven dealerships, we lost about 45 employees. And that was a lot. I mean, because that's a community. Really was that because of COVID? No, no, that was that was the year of the uh, recession. Obama was in office. Two thousand nine. It got to the, pan- the pandemic. Thank God, we have not had to lay anyone off. Wow. We have done well enough that we, we could sustain our capital and we could sustain our inventory. And that's Even a big achievement. Not a lot of companies can say that about their organizations. A lot of a lot of different companies have had to lay off their people. So I get it. Oh, absolutely. And the first thing we have to actually, my brothers and I do is every every day we pray at 12 o'clock. Flash. For those, for those people listening out there, um, I wanted to mention uh, Flash's two sons are also active Major League players. So I don't know if you people need to know that. I mean, it's, you know, racing kids are is tough, but I mean, making two of, you know, your sons uh, Major League players are, is, an, is another accomplishment. And also, Flash, let us know, talk to us about NASCAR. I know you're heavily involved in that. Yeah. I, I mean, it's it's always something that I've felt like as a kid I wanted to be involved in. However, I didn't know the ins and outs of it before probably the last, like I said, 15 years, 17 years where I've been really at home doing more with my base, my uh, dealership. I've been that much more so also trying to find ways to be involved with racing. And uh, uh, it, it's given me an opportunity to be a part of a few teams. Uh, of course, for me, I didn't look at it as I was going to make anything from that that investment was not really an investment. It was something that you're doing for the love of it. So I got into NASCAR to actually have people, uh, radio personalities like yourselves, uh, some of the top investors in the world come into Daytona or come into Sebring and they see this race, but they come to my uh, RVs and my suite and sit with me and we talk business. So we figure out where can we go next to best make uh, a company bigger, stronger, faster, and, and, and how do we utilize um, some of the money and the funding and the support that the government uses and gives us to basically translate some of this into this huge business. So there's a bunch of people involved. However, I'm the one. I sometimes get the opportunity and the, the uh, more of the praise sometimes, and I don't think I deserve it all. I know I'm sure I don't. But I'm usually the one that sets up all of that where guys come in, like yourself, Louis, some of these professionals, some of these actresses and lawyers and doctors, and they'll come in, and then now we all network to figure out how do we improve our own business, number one, how do we improve ourselves as a business owner, number two, and number three, how do we keep the community viable? It's three very, very small things that we say there still are a lot, but those are the things we actually focus on. And by the time we leave a race, in three or four days, maybe seven days, 10 days, whatever, it's usually something that we know moving forward uh, someone that has a Chevrolet dealership may be uh, having something huge start uh, happen for him right now because what's happening is he's come to this meeting. We've met these huge Chevrolet owners and Ford owners or in dealership owners to where this is the next location being worked out. 
Tom? Uh, so it just gives us a leg up. It gives us a leg up. So I stay with that, doing it, and that's something that I just got into as a hobby. Like I said, I'll invest in it. There's no money for me being made on it. The the the, the, the biggest thing for me being is the notoriety, and my logos are everywhere on some of these haulers and some of these teams and some of these shirts and things that I go out to the track and see, and I bring some of these top gurus that, that are the financial gurus of the world in for dinner, meet some of the drivers, shake hands, and say hello to professionals like me and Luis and some of the top guys that I played with. Flash, I hate to do this, but we're running out of time. I want to thank you so much for your time, your stories, your information. Uh, motivation, all the things that you've given to us. The one thing I would like to tell you is I will be up there. I want to order a Mach-E. I want it red. I want rear-wheel drive. And I'm going to buy one from you, okay? I, I will keep you on that. I will hold you to it. Just know that here, <laughs> you'll be happy. And, I, that, and that's how we live. I'm going to make it happen. My son works for Ford, so I get the A discount. You might not want to hear that, but anyway. <laughs> oh, we'll be grateful to have you guys there and also, I think the extension of what you all are doing is very viable and it's important. So continue what you're doing because I've always uh, believed that giving information to people, I learned that from some of the best people in the game and some of the best people in Ford and some of the Ford families that give information and it'll help people have options. Thank you so much. Flash, we are so happy you were with us. Thank you so much. We're looking forward to uh, coming up to the dealership and uh, picking out my new car. <laughs> well, man, give me a call when you guys get ready. And thanks for having me on the show. I really appreciate it. Flash, I appreciate it, man. Thank you, as always. Thanks for listening to The Secret to My Success on Legends 100.3. Tune in next week for more from Alan, George, Lewis, and their spectacular guests. Find the secret to your success. WGP Insurance Services. Most people don't know, when your workers' comp coverage is canceled or lapses, your insurance carrier notifies the state of Florida you have no coverage. They make it really easy for the state to find you. The state will find you, too. Please, make sure you are covered. Fines start at $1,000. They have the right to order you to show your bank statements and all related documents. It is cheaper and easier to get the most affordable coverage with no money down. Call 561 When it comes to health coverage, you want solid value from a trustworthy company you can rely on. Florida Blue offers Medicare Advantage plans that can help you get more out of your health coverage. And don't you want more? Call Apple Insurance, your local agency for Florida Blue, at 888-MY-BLUE-8 to have all your Medicare questions answered and learn about different options. Don't settle for less than the value and stability Florida Blue has delivered throughout the state of Florida to Medicare beneficiaries for more than 25 years. Value, security, knowledge, and trust. Blue Medicare from Florida Blue means more. Call Apple Insurance at 888-MY-BLUE-8 today to speak to a licensed agent about your Medicare Advantage options. That's 888-MY-BLUE-8. Apple Insurance and Florida Blue. Call 888-MY-BLUE-8 today. Florida Blue is an independent license of the Blue Cross and Blue Shield Association. If rising taxes against your retirement has been a concern of yours, you're not alone. We're Landing Financial Group. I urge you to go and download our complimentary guide, Are You Paying Too Much Tax in Retirement? at planwithlanding.com. Or you can call us at 561-229-0009. That's planwithlanding.com. 
Landing Financial Group provides insurance services. Investment advisory services offered only by duly registered individuals through AE Wealth Management, LLC.